Welcome to the Mr. Vincent Podcast, episode 126. I'm your host, Emmanuel Vincent, and I hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. Uh, it is officially the end of the summer, which means cold weather is on the horizon. But on the bright side, football is back. The NFL kicks off this Thursday with the Detroit Lions um, squaring off against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and this podcast, of course, focuses on the upcoming NFL season as me and the homie Des Payne, host of the Sports Talk with Des Payne podcast, um, chopped it up uh, Friday evening. Um, I meant to put this episode out Sunday or even uh, yesterday, but I got derailed. Um, but I'm putting it right now. Um, we basically just talked about what we think are some of the most intriguing storylines um, ahead of this NFL season. Who do we think will be representing the AFC and NFC in this year's Super Bowl? Uh, then we also talked about um, the revamped Undisputed uh, with Skip Bayless and what do we think about that a weekend to the new format. Uh, overall, pretty good pod, but hey, you can hear it for yourself and be the judge. And we'll actually get into it right now. Here it is. But uh, I don't want to hold you any longer. We can start this part. Uh, so we are basically a week away, uh, a little bit under a week now from the NFL returning. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a long, long, long time, but football season is finally here. I know you're excited more than I am. So I wanted to talk to you um, to see, like, what do you think is the most intriguing storyline to you heading into this 2023 season? I don't know. Like, to me, there's, like, there's several of them. Like, for one, the Thursday night, the Thursday night game of these two teams, these two teams that's in that Thursday night game that's going to start the season, how the Chiefs will respond with now they going back into a defense of their championship. Also, the fact that a lot of people know that they have a lot of young players in on on, on their offense. So the a lot of a lot of us want to see how that works for a longer period of time throughout the season versus, you know, sometimes just, just like in the NBA, you'll have like a young player or, you know, a veteran that has a great playoffs out of all, all of a sudden for the chiefs. I feel like once they hit the playoffs, a lot of their young guys then started stepping up suddenly and it worked out for Mahomes, obviously, because, you know, he's the goat right now. And um, with that same talking like Detroit, a lot of people were riding that bandwagon. There's a lot of people putting money in there, on them to make the playoffs and, you know, possibly make win the Super Bowl and so on and so forth. Um, and now that they have this kind of clout <laughs> kind of uh, around them, I want to see how if they can consistently win games, you know, get Jared, Jared Goff and, you know, they, they drafted Gibbs, the young man Gibbs. Their wide receiver core is like you could – pick and choose who you want, but they have some good players there, too, on the offense, and defensively, they're young. So it's going to be interesting to see them, too. Uh, obviously, Jordan Love's situation with the Packers, seeing how well he's going to play this season. Um, the Patriots in their situation, the AFC East uh, projected currently to be, like, the worst, and I don't think they are going to be the worst team in that division. Um, well, I think they're going to compete, but nonetheless, you know, talent-wise and on paper, you know, a lot of people are looking at them like they're lesser. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, Pittsburgh Steelers is another storyline I'm, I'm interested in seeing because it's like, again, Mike Tomlin doesn't get enough enough love as he, I would I would want him to. 
he hasn't he has yet to have a losing season. So I'm 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 expecting him to continue that that trend, and I think they're gonna be much more than much better than who they who they who people believe they are because they did the same thing Detroit did last year and nobody said anything, <laughs> which yeah. was crazy. Um, it wasn't that best defensive player for like like half of the season. Half the season, exactly. Yeah. But also, you know, the you know all the little things with, with going on with like John Taylor with his running back, which was like you know dealing with the fact that he's a running back in the league. They don't get much respect. Um, Nick Bosa still hasn't touched a practice field yet. Um, you know, Brock Purdy coming back. Philly, if they're, if they're a lightning in the bottle situation, or is this really a great team? You know, just this, this, the greatest thing about the NFL is, like, no matter how bad or good the teams are, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fucking um, – what am I going to say? There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of stuff that you get sit back there and you're like – Everybody has a situation, you know what I mean? And it's exciting to see that. And, and, and more or less than anything, our first official season without Tom Brady playing quarterback. Oh, yeah. So that's I like, didn't think about that. that's one of the greatest stories on its own because now it opens up a, a new wave of what we want to, like, you know, it's a, it creates a new wave. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously going to the Jets. So he, those were the two old guys, you know what I mean? So, now one of the two is gone, and you know we'll see what happens with the Jets with Aaron Rodgers if he likes it there enough to stay longer on the long term deals. But yeah, man, it's 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 there's a lot of great storylines. It's just you know with mobile with sports betting becoming more accessible now in almost damn near a lot a lot more states, and you know it it just makes it more exciting now. So. I'm I'm looking forward to a lot of stories. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot of options you can choose. Mm-hmm. Um, you did you did bring up the Packers. Um, just curious, seeing that that is your team, how are you feeling? How confident are you uh, about your team heading into this season? I mean, it's just <laughs> a new era at the QB position. Yeah. I mean, you got you you went damn near like 25, 30 years having Hall of Fame level production at the quarterback position. Now you can't necessarily say that that's going to happen with Jordan Love, but he is looking. He's looking promising that he has some that he can do some good things in this league. Right. based on what we see in the preseason, but it is a small sample. You still got Dobbs and Watson out there at the wideout positions, and you still got this taller running running game as well. Um, defense should be decent, hopefully. Um, I, I think that you guys possibly can win your division. Then if you know it. It, I mean, I, it's, I don't think that that's yeah, the, and the NFC North is more wide open than a lot of people believe. You know, obviously, like I mentioned, the Lions coming out the gate and winning so those, I think it was seven games in a row to end the season and going nine and eight, beating the Packers as well, just to get the Packers out of the playoffs. A lot of people are like that situation. A lot of folks, you know, obviously we, we could argue that, you know, Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in that division now. So usually the, the team with the best quarterback tends to be the most popular to win the division. Um, but, yeah, the Packers, I mean, Jordan Love, I, I mean, here's the thing. They they only went 8-9 and nine with the Hall of Fame quarterback last year with that same roster. Worst case sure. scenario, they just do the same thing again, and which is going to be a plus for Jordan Love because – He's never been in that – he's never played a down. And if he's able to win eight games, seven to eight games, that's I think that's a successful season for a, technically a rookie quarterback. Um, 
now if they if they win the division, that makes it even better for him. He he follows through and he did better than what his predecessor did. And that's the same roster from last year. So there's no change there. Everything's the same. Um, you know, there should be no reason for them to struggle defensively, but they have to have more sense of urgency knowing that they don't have a guy like an Aaron Rodgers that could kind of save their ass when when they're giving up three touchdowns in a quarter. You know what I mean? So um, I think it. I think they're in a good place. Matt, Matt Lafleur will, you know, finally be able to coach his offense the way he prefers. And I think this mm-hmm. will be, this will be his first time to be able to show people this. And it, it, I would not be surprised if it was if it looked like how um, Sean McVay's first season with the Rams, like really like capitalizing on the talent around the quarterback and making sure that team focuses on the run more and also letting the quarterback have um, free reign when, when the moment's in, in, in hand. So um, I'm excited to see how it goes, man. I, I'm, I'm just grateful. Like I've been able, <laughs> I'm not too, um, I've seen, you know, as a fan that never really seen multiple, multiple championship runs. Um, I'm still grateful that I'm able to see, you know, at least good football. I mean, yeah, I, I guess you could say, you know, what's the point of being a fan of a team if they don't win a lot? But that's the whole point of being a fan. You you have trust and belief in what you watch, the product that's put out there. You're going to critique it. You're going to celebrate it. Um, the only thing is you can't be naive. So that's the one thing. So I'm going to always be optimistic in hopes that yeah, you should. <laughs> in hopes that it's something entertaining at the very least. Um, but you know, trust me, dude. Like I, I think I said this before. It, it does it, it, it pained me more. It pained me more to see them not be successful on the Aaron Rodgers for so many years. Cause mm-hmm. we're talking about a guy who's absolutely gonna be a Hall of Famer. One of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game at times. You could argue it was him or Aaron Rodgers. I mean, sorry, him or Tom Brady. But um, you know, he the, the man was very great, won MVPs, but had nothing to show for it. So I'll I'd rather take, you know, I'd rather take what I'm gonna end up watching now over all them years when I'm seeing that they should have been or could have been, you know, champions or or competing for one. And just reset my my mindset and my passion for the team. Yeah, um, you just, you brought a good good point about Lafleur. I didn't even think about that. I mean, here's a man who was handed. Um, you came into a franchise with Aaron Rodgers in place. Aaron Rodgers just wins two MVP and under his watch. I think I think they have what thirteen wins. Um, every every season he's been head coach thus far, and mm-hmm. most people are attributed that to Aaron Rodgers being there as opposed to Lafleur. So now this is a chance to show, um, how good of a coach he is. And so that can be something to look forward to as well, being a Packers fan. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, I mean, and, and he's an offense. Like, you you always want to make sure you want to be – you always want your, your franchise to invest in an offensive coach in a very offensive-centric league. And why not give – you know, why not, why not you know – be excited to see what's going to happen next, knowing that you have a guy like Matt LaFleur who can can absolutely coach an offense and has now got, like, what, four or five seasons under his belt 
and he knows how to he knows what he's doing out there. So with, give him a young quarterback and with a young quarterback who knows he's actually going to be starting some games and actually, you know, you could hold his hand a bit when it comes to situations. Why not? You know, when you play, when you're coaching a like Tampa Bay saw that with Tom Brady, they knew they, you know, Brian Leftwich could coach Brady, but he, Brady has to coach him. And that's just what happens when you when you have veteran quarterbacks. Some of them may need a new coach. That's what happened to Kirk Cousins with with his coach. Like he got a new coach that's much younger, in in younger in like comparison to a lot of other coaches in the in the NFL, but not that much older than him. Like four years older than him. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I think from when I watched the the quarterbacks, Doc Vernon, he mentioned something about having him. On as the head coach of the team, like that, just changed your whole like. It 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 feels like brand like a it feels like a new day for you, you know what I'm saying? Just like when we get a new manager at a job and then they breath of fresh like breath breath of fresh air, like oh wow, like I like this. This is a great feeling. I feel I feel motivated again to be better, the better part of me. Um, but I think you know that was a big challenge for Matt Lafleur is what I'm trying to say and. Now that he's able to finally get it the way he wants to do it, I think it's going to work out right away. Maybe not, but in time. So you just have to be patient. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think it's, I think this could potentially be a good thing for the Packers going forward that they will be at least be competitive in the division and I think in the in the NFC, which is really essentially outside of the. I know people are going with the Eagles to win to walk through it. But I think it might be. I think it's more wide open than people think. The NFC. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a weak conference, um, but you never know. Like, who who knew Seattle was going to compete this year? And if, if uh, to be honest with you, Seattle may have had opportunities to actually win that playoff game. They just, you know, they just ended up being Seattle at the end of it. <laughs> but um, you know, you never know. Like the, the like the AFC South is like a it's a whole entire like that you know, on its own. You could assume that the Saints will win that division, right? But who knows? You don't know. I I, I did an NFC, you know, rankings, and I and I have, I do have the Carolina Panthers as one of the top teams there, just because they have the purely off the talent that they have and in the coaching. So there's a likelihood they could, you know, stun people. Atlanta obviously has some hype on them right now. You never know. You just really don't know. Like you know, when the Giants were going to be good last year. And, Right now, odd makers believe they're going to be a little bit worse than they were the year before that, too. So, um, don't know. Yes, the Eagles are the odds-on favorite. I got Jalen Hurts winning MVP, but it's like you never fucking know. They, we, we'll never know what it's going to really come down to until the end of the year. Um, and all everything people are talking about now may not even matter. We could be completely wrong. <laughs> exactly. I mean, for me, my story that I'm looking at right now, heading into the season, is just um, the 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 amount of talent we have in the AFC at the quarterback position. Like, mm. this is crazy, right? I mean, you got Mahomes, who everybody thought, who everybody thinks is going to be who could potentially rival Tom Brady one day when it's all said and done to be potentially the goat. But not only do you got him, you got Burrow, you got Allen, you got Herbert, you got. Deshaun Watson coming back. I think Deshaun can really can can if he can get back to twenty twenty form, that's like potentially a top five quarterback in the league. Yeah, yep, yep, If he gets yep. back there, then you got like the Trevor Lawrence up and coming. It's just a lot of quarterback play in the in the AFC. 
Um, you got two of the best, I think, divisions in the league and are in the AFC with the uh, AFC North and the AFC East. I probably would get a slight edge to the AFC North. I thought of the AFC East at first, but like, uh, I think the AFC North is the best division because I, I think I think that division has three teams that can make it, and they all have good quarterbacks. I agree. I agree. So I'm just thinking to myself, like, when's the last time that we ever seen a conference this loaded, or even even the league at even the league at that with this amount of talent at the QB position? I would probably say, at least in my lifetime, or since I've been watching football, I, I don't think we've ever I've ever seen this league with this much talented quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, the AFC the AFC is really loaded. Um, I mean, you could say like, you know, the first the top ten out of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL, like at least nine of them are in the AFC. Um, and then with 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 that same talk, like, you know, seeing what Pittsburgh's doing with their quarterback, he he may he may stun a lot of people this year because he's getting a full on opportunity. It, it was a shame that you know. Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> took on took on snaps last year over him, but the kid is the kid is a, a very talented player. And Lamar Jackson's back for hopefully a healthy season with a new uh, new offensive coordinator. Um, Yo, that's crazy. I didn't even mention Lamar Jackson. I'm bugging, and you got exactly. Lamar Jackson too in the AFC. Yo, this is crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's insane. And then we'll we'll really see if, if and this is an opportunity for us to really see if. Um, Russell Wilson is back to form. You know, he's getting a new coach as well. And Tua, if he can stay healthy, you know, C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richards being in the same division is pretty interesting to, to watch as well because that's those are like – I think they got picked right after each other. So that's a lot of drama on its own right there. Um, I, was, I talked about Kenny Pickett. And, you know, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, like, Jimmy Jimmy G. You know what I'm saying, but I, I think I think <laughs> I know. Like him and Mac Jones are in the same tier with me in that in that AFC. Like you look at the list of quarterbacks, and it's like you know you can see it right there. You have Mahomes, Trevor, like you said, Deshaun, Joe Burrow, Lamar, Aaron Rodgers, Tua, and Josh Allen. We're talking about at least eight dudes you would choose to lead your, your franchise right now in the NFL just because the talent. Yeah. I mean, it, it's great. So, I mean, I know a lot of people probably feel like this could be Kansas City's year to, you know, further on their dynasty or, or their potential dynasty, however we want to look at it. But I don't – I think it's going to be a tough task for them um, yeah. mm-hmm. in the AFC. And, and, I, and I don't really like the fact that outside of Travis Kelsey, they don't, they don't really have a true number one at, at the wide opposition. So – I don't know that that, that could be detrimental to them in the long run. If they like to where to go, say match up against Joe Burrow again in Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I think I think they took a little bit of a model off of what the Patriots did, Patriots did a few years back, or during their championship years when they when when Gronk was like their number one guy. Yeah, taking a little bit of that because at that time the Patriots not. I don't think they were developing wide receivers, but they were just picking up wide receivers that fit what Tom Brady needed and obviously they had Edelman but um they just picked up whoever they thought could help you know what I'm saying at least at the very least just to come to to win a championship and I think the Kansas City Chiefs are not capable of just picking up any veteran right now so they're just like you know I'll, let's develop these young guys that were extremely successful in college and mm-hmm. develop them to becoming great great wide receivers because it's like you have one of the best to do it you're gonna excel 
It's whether or not, you know, they stay healthy. That's been the issue. But the Chris and then, Jones, and then also you got the great offensive mind of Andy Reid, too. Exactly. So yep. And exactly. But the, the major issue, like you mentioned, is what will make it even harder for them is that if Chris that Chris Jones situation can't get resolved sooner than week eight, that could definitely lead to some issues for that team when they're with their defense because they don't have a lot going on on defense. They, same situation, they're young guys, you know, you know, underachieving players, like, you know, not even that. Let me, let me just say this. They, they had guys who overachieved in the right moment. Again, another, another, I think that's just, just how they develop their players in the, in the short term um, during those playoff runs. But now we got to see them in the full season. Let's see, let's see how these guys perform on a consistent basis, knowing that no Chris Jones, um, and no true dominant pass rusher on that on that defensive depth chart. So it's it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, like you said, I, I agree too. Like I don't think it's just you know for them and the Eagles. I don't think it's just oh yeah, you can forget about the rest of the season. These guys are gonna go right back and play over uh, rematch it again. It's, it's very likely because just how the NFL is with random injuries and you know people leaving like people getting traded mid-season and all types of stuff. You never know. Like the trajectory of the of the how the league the 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 how the regular season goes may change at any given time. Facts. This is why this is why we love this game. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you can look one way week week like one week one through three, they could look completely different like a completely different script like week ten <laughs> and going on. So and, and that's true. And I and I did mention this too like the, the first four weeks are very crucial, more crucial than none. Um, it's easy for people to, for, to to not think about it that way because, it, you know, you think just like, you know, our other sports in the, in the, in America, like baseball and basketball, you do have a little bit more time to kind of like. A little more time. That. Yeah. You get a lot more time to get, get yourself acclimated. So that, cause it's, that's one of those, those two sports, like you really need your whole team to be on the same page in basketball, in football, you could kind of, you know, just like we mentioned, like if you have a great quarterback, you may steal, you may steal a couple games <laughs> just off of GP. So it's like, um, but nonetheless, like if one of these teams that were overhyping start the season one in four, there's going to be a lot of questions being asked. And I'm talking, I'm thinking specifically about one particular team, but any, either way, like, you just don't want to put yourself in a in a in a hole, never. Not in the NFL. Exactly, and I think that that hole is more true to the AFC than the NFC. Exactly. Um, the, yep. the AFC is, is going to be a dogfight. Like literally, I think every game is going to matter, week by week by week. Yep. Like you can you can lose some some ground losing like going on the two three game losing streak. So it's pivotal. I think every Sunday is going to be. Yeah, what you're saying is very true. Like it's. There's, there's still a likelihood, like, you know, Philly could start the season one and three and still dominate the rest of the way because they, yeah. they're that talented. They're that talented, but somebody, a team like, a team like the Miami Dolphins could not afford going down one, uh, being down one four. You know what I mean? Exactly. They, you'll be already behind three games in your own division at that point if if your division is as good as they make it seem. Exactly. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see like how these teams, like the mindset of all these teams. And you got a team like the Jets, who everybody is just like you know 
hyping up so far, but we don't really know how good they're going to be in, until they start until the season starts. And what if they start to get off with a, a hit of funk, um, like a two-game funk? And, you know, everybody's going to go crazy in the media, especially being in the biggest market in, in the country. Uh, and then they could lose ground in their own division and possibly yeah, not that, make the playoffs. But I that's what, that was part of me that was kind of surprised that Aaron Rodgers still agreed to going there. Because it's it's going to New York because he's been in a Green Bay market for so long and that's a very quiet market. You can kind of hide yourself out there even when you go wild saying wild shit. But oh, yeah. you know, he, he now you're in New York, like all eyes on you. Like people are looking at him as a savior if you watch the hard knocks. <laughs> and um, but yeah, you're right. A lot of hype under that team, they are way too talented to not be good. You know what I'm saying? So it would be a shame if they couldn't even win. 10 games so um as you mentioned like they you know they don't that's a team that can't afford to to start slow because then you're gonna have a dejected you know quarterback who just doesn't want to play no more all of a sudden because now he's frustrated you're behind in division you know what i'm saying all the chatter is gonna start happening it's just gonna bring too much stress um to that team and then you know obviously the the first you know, the first person to be axed out of that team would be the court, the, the coach. They, they'll get Robert Sala the fuck out of here if they don't work out the first season. But for, for all people have to understand, these type of team ups take time. They take time to to be to gel. The first month, they may not even gel, not one bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule right now. They got so they 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 host the Bills. On Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. Open Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Then they're at Dallas. Then host the Pats, and then host the Chiefs. Ooh, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> a tough four game stretch right there. Exactly. And, and no cakewalk. <laughs> there you go. So you're going against some very talented teams and very some very well coached teams. And it's a good challenge for that that team to actually be in that opportunity. Um, so, but like I mentioned, great quarterbacks find a way to steal you one or two or three or the whole season. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if, our, if there's anybody, it would be Aaron Rodgers, but then still it's a tall task because I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to age the same as Tom Brady did. I don't think he's built that way. You know what I mean? So we shall see. It's a big, it's a big, we shall see when it comes to them. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I want to take a quick break and then come back and talk some more. Okay. So, what, what's your thoughts right now on the current situation with the running backs and they're essentially being devalued all around the league? Um, we see players like Saquon Barkley, Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor most recently, you know, feeling disrespected and rightfully so. Um, what's your thoughts right now on how, like, the league has, like, evolved over the years where that position was so prestige, now it's just, like, an afterthought, essentially, in the offense? Well, well, part- not, not in the offense, per se, but more so, like, when it comes to, like, paying players, they're an afterthought. Well, the, the, the league has changed into a passing league. So, like, I think it was um, when it ultimately became one is when all other teams were trying to emulate what the – the Indianapolis Colts were doing. Like, when the Colts were so, like, very um, – I mean, obviously, we saw the greatest show on turf with the Rams, but that was, like, a few teams here and there that could do what the Rams did, but they – but most teams were very defensive-orientated. Um, like, you could speak on the Patriots' first few championships in the early 2000s. 
it was a very great defense that they brought on the field that could beat some very decent offenses. But what Peyton Manning was doing, like being free-minded with his audibles and having so many weapons at, at the receiver position and, you know, he had his bell cows at running back, but at some point they kind of phased out that whole idea that you need to run the ball. You know what I'm saying? And then every other team started doing that. So you started seeing more 4,000 yard quarterbacks in the league all of a sudden, especially if they were just like somewhat mediocre. And then it just, it was an evolution, but also you got to keep in mind a running back, the, the, the tread on their tires. It's like, after three, four seasons, normally if they're if they've been over, you know, if they've been playing at a high level for those times, there's not a like there's a very good likelihood they'll they'll start to, you know, struggle um on the field eventually. So mm-hmm. unless you are a good pass catching running back, some teams may not want to consider you unless you're like a, um, a Derrick Henry. That's different. Like you, you know, that's a man that cannot get taken down, and he's fast. He's too fast for his size for anybody to deal with that nonsense coming full speed. He just, he just like Washington, Washington generation type talent at that position. <laughs> exactly. Like same thing. Like with with Adrian Peterson. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I mentioned in my pod, like you know, Tomlinson was like one of those guys that did it all, and I and I used to love watching that because I was like, this guy could catch hundred passes. He could freaking run and score 16 touchdowns from the ground. And I was like, this is the ultimate freaking player. Like, that's like your ultimate athlete. But then wide receivers started being more much needed, you know, because quarterbacks were throwing the ball down the field more. They weren't, there was no check. They weren't doing what Tom Brady was doing so perfectly fine, like, like with Kevin Falk and Shane Vereen and those guys. He was, you know, he the Tom Brady was willing to check it down to those guys and give them their touches, but what New England did too, kind of fucked it up for all of them too. They used every running back that they had to, in their arsenal, and in some in some games they had a particular running back for that game plan. So when you're winning championships with not one solid bell cow running back, so why? Do yeah. you, what do you what do you think the rest of the league's gonna do? They're gonna try to do the same thing. I mean, I mean, look at what the what the Chiefs did, did uh, winning with a seventh rounder last year in Pacheco. Exactly, and then yeah. and, and and then on top of that, they they somehow stole Tony from the Giants. That's a first rounder, but it's like here's the thing: you the quarterbacks want to throw the ball, they want to throw it down the field, and you're you're gonna maximize way more of your capa- your 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 capabilities out there by getting the ball down the field. Checking it down is just a fail safe. And if you have a great passing, pass catching back like a McCaffrey or Eckler, you can do those things with those guys. But some running backs, they, there's a reason why they play running back. They they usually ain't got no hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So, listen, I love running backs. I, 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 I played running back in high school. Like, I understand how to play the, play the sport, play the position. It, but it's it's just not as popular as it used to be. Dude, I looked at a chart the other day. Emmett Smith was the highest paid NFL player in the league for several years. And, and mostly because he was marketable. He was the face of the Cowboys besides Michael Irvin. But more 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 than anything, he was, if we're being real. 
Emmitt Smith was that guy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? When you when you talk about history in the NFL, it's most it's a lot of running backs in the league. They were the flashiest, most exciting to watch besides a defensive back. Wide receivers were a diamond dozen at the time. But now wide receivers are so damn talented, man. Like you cannot even allow your best receiver to leave your team if you're trying to build a championship franchise nowadays. You really need to you would have to really pony up to them and they're and they're demanding some serious money now. On top of the fact that your quarterback is demanding serious money. So something got to give. And there there you go. It's just now it affects a position that I believe deserves every coin because they do they do a lot of you know the dirty work. Because mm-hmm. they it's not only running the ball. They're pass catching, they're pass blocking, you know what I'm saying? Like they're doing a lot more than just running the ball sometimes. So they deserve to get paid. But unfortunately, when you're talking about a league, just like with the NBA, man, I, 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 I hate – I don't like to do that whole crossing crossing sports, but that's the reality. The NBA made their changes too. You know, they, they're paying guys who can shoot the three. Yeah. They prefer they prefer a, a player that can shoot the three. They don't care about your damn center that could have a few post moves. They don't care about that shit. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, center, in, the, in, in the NBA, if you're not taking three point shots, you're not able to like shoot the three ball and shoot it relatively efficient, efficiently. It's like you're really, you're you're really not like worth any value in the league. I mean, we look at I mean, look at Ben Simmons right now. I mean, he don't he wouldn't even want to look at the at the hoop, even <laughs> even try to shoot the basketball. Exactly. Like his, his career is like essentially spiraled now. Exactly, but that's why you see like Embiid and Joker could be high, part of like two of like the highest paid players in the league because they could shoot the three. They yep. could do a lot more for their team than just be in the paint all day. Like a center's value is going down outside of the the, the few, and they rather pay a, a wing who can shoot threes. For the, the couple wings that can shoot the three over a freaking center, so it's like you got you got to look at it like that. It's what it's what value a position brings to like the pro the 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 program that's that's on that's being established here. Like the NFL knows themselves, even themselves, that a running back does not bring people to the seats. It's the freaking you know one handed catch from Odell Beckham. It's the Moss, uh, you know, Jameer Chase mossing somebody down in the field. It's oh, the tire. Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes side, side throw. Like, so, uh, yep, side Pat Mahomes play. side throw. Like Tyreek Hill's giving the deuces. Those are the most entertaining things you watch on the NFL now. It's I mean, no- see, like, when we see like how, like how the league has made an effort to really protect the quarterback because they are the face of the mm-hmm. franchise and that brings exactly. in all the revenue and the dollars. So, hey. They get protected yeah. in a way that they never got protected about like twenty mm-hmm. years ago. So and that's why that's yeah, times have changed and you just have to get with the times. And I feel like I said, I feel for the running backs. They just the reality is the, the younger guys coming up right now in college and or in high school, like this may be the time for you to consider like catching the ball more from the backfield, being more reliable. Hope that you're in a situation where they feed you in that sense and not only as a runner. You know what I'm saying? And also take care of your body because you're going to be going through the shits. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's another part that people don't really think too much about. Like, their bodies... Like, Saquon Barkley had a great season last year, yes. But he came down with an ACL tear at one point. So, mm-hmm. there, there you go. It's like, it's, he's already coming to the... He got that early in his career. 
You know, I mean, even, I said Tolly Tolly Paul in a divisional game got got a broken ankle off of the broken ankle on a tackle. Yeah, broken ankle. Like Derrick Henry had a great season last year, yes, but he has a plate in his foot. Like you know, what I'm saying like these shits are real. Kenneth Walker the third, like he's a great young running back. He got hurt last year. Like when you, these guys don't, they, they always do get hurt. And not to say receivers don't get hurt, but they're lo- more likely to come back from their injuries and last a longer career. Mm. So yeah, it's just, man. it's just, it's just what's more entertaining at the time. I think running backs are just not entertaining to anybody anymore. Like not yeah, into I, that same level that they used to. And I, and I think like the NBA, like like the NBA um, analytics has played a part. And the demise of the running back position too, and the fact that mm-hmm. now a lot of quarterbacks are now uh, are dual threats now. A lot of them run with the ball as well too. That's so true. I think that's the fact as well. I forgot to mention that too. Kenny, the Kenny Pickett of the world, the Lamar Jacksons, the Jalen Hurts, Josh, like those Josh are Allen. those are exciting to watch. Yeah, Josh Allen, those are exciting to watch too. And again, <laughs> unlike and again, unlike running backs, they will be heavily protected. Like they, 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 you can't mm-hmm. rough them. you can't really run them. even when they're running you can't hit you know my him a like a real like a real like real hit uh uh-uh, uh also gonna get flagged so yeah you tap a running back you tap a running back on the back of the head by accident while they're running the ball you're done for you get fined immediately mm-hmm. exactly um so I mean I hope they can work out and I think what best situation would be is the running backs can be on a different scale when they're rookies. As mm-hmm. opposed to other positions, seeing how and when they pass, like when they're like past that rookie contract and they're looking to get paid, um, that's when all, all the organizations kind of be like skeptical of paying them, considering the age and how much miles they put in their body. So I've been just to get paid more than other positions coming into the league. That's just me. Yeah, I like I, that. What you just said, I like that a lot. I think at the very least, their rookie contracts should be at least like if you're a top tier running back coming out of college, they should at least get accommodated well enough so that they feel like at least I, if I did about a year to three years in this league and I know my season, my my, my better days are not going to be truly ahead of me, possibly, and I'm seeing to see a second contract, and the, the, the rookie scale for the running back should be good enough so that these guys have some type of, like, you know, decent career financially. Because that's what they're doing this for. That's why they're fighting for that second contract. And these teams are saying, hell no. Because they're scared to invest in that that product, thinking that that product's not going to last them, last through that contract. And you could blame, you could blame, you know, um, Le'Veon Bell for that one, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you know, the Jets banked big on him on a second year, a second contract, and he was a mere image of himself. Mm. And he was still pretty relatively young. He wasn't even that much older. He was, I think, he was like twenty-seven. Yeah, know, I'm not sure when this current CB, CBA is going to be expired, um, but hopefully they can restructure it and you know take the running backs in consideration and make sure that they get paid. But, I mean, I get owners and like how like they want to like you know they see a return on their investment if they see a player mm-hmm. is obviously starting to break down, not the same they used to be. I can see why they would be hesitant to pay him. I mean, it's business. Right, so I see that, but at the same time, I feel <laughs> bad for the running backs who like who do put the work in, who are elite at their at their position. I think they should be compensated early, just to kind of like offset offset what's going to happen um, down the line in their career when they get to like twenty five, twenty six years old. I agree. Yep, I definitely agree to that. Facts. Um, right. uh, quick question. So, who do you have winning the uh, 
Well, I want to talk right now about pick. So you have Jalen Hurts winning the MVP, right? Does yeah. that mean that if you were to, you know, place a bet uh, heading into the season that you would think that the, that Philly is going to Super Bowl? That they will represent NFC again? Yeah, I mean, on paper right now, they look as good or just better than what they were last season. Um, they they put, you know, they put themselves in a situation where they're, they're the team to beat in the NFC. Um, as far as them going to the Super Bowl, I could see that happening. I mean, that's, I mean, like I said, that's a team that's, you know, look, they look very hard to beat, man. Like, <laughs> they, they're running that, they're running that situation like it's, like, it's business, it's, it's a business trip. Um, they, they're, they're very hungry. Um, a lot of their veterans came back for, because of this situation, looking so good as it does, and, uh, another year with Devontae Smith and AJ Brown with, with Jalen Hurts and hopefully Hurts can stay healthy the full seat, the whole full season. Like they're, 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 they're looking good. They're looking good to get to, to get to that point. But the, the crazy thing is like, obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of folks who are going to be with on San Francisco. Um, but I'm, I'm very curious to see how that whole Brock Purdy situation goes with his elbow and, you know, now he has to look over his back slightly with Sam Sam Donald there, and of course, like I mentioned, Nick Bosa has yet to even go on a practice field yet. So um, they're they're the favorites in my eye. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's hard for me to to look any uh, look elsewhere and think that there's some surprise team that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not mad at that at all. I mean, they de- they probably could have won the Super Bowl. The only error with was a um, Hurts fumble that led to a touchdown. If that didn't happen, they very well could be Super Bowl champions today. Yep, exactly. Right? That is very, very true. Yeah, I mean that game was was close. They did a good job. Dan Hurts played. I see. I don't want to say. I don't want to say that he outplayed Mahomes because I just felt like the time the time of possession that each had was like the was a big difference that favored Hurts because Kansas City could have given him the field. But when Mahomes came in the second half, he did not play flawless, and they got back into the game, and eventually won the game. But I can see how some people are going to say that he outplayed Mahomes. I'm not mad at that. If you want to say that that stand, you can say he did. So they have a, and again, they're essentially the same team coming back. They have top to bottom the deepest roster probably in, in football, definitely the NFC, probably in all the football. Um, so that would be a safe bet to have them go back to the Super Bowl. Who do you think will go will represent the uh, AFC in the Super Bowl? That was the tough one for me. Um, I'm leaning more and more, knowing that um, Burrow is relatively healthy now. Um, I'm leaning towards the the Bengals. I think, you know, obviously they they made it through um, the AFC Championship game. Um, you know, they they beat the Chiefs one time, and you know they 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 had the opportunity to 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 you know get far again, but you know. I think some of the injuries caught up to them with, with Chase being out. And then, you know, there was a, a time when, you know, Higgins was banged up and, you know, they, they, they just, they're just built to be in that moment right now. So, you know, Joe, Joe, if it, if, if it's not Joe Burrow, if it's not Jalen Hurt that wins the MVP, I think it would be him. Um, he would be my second choice. I think the kid is cold. Like the T the offense is freaking real dominant when he's on the field. Like, it's going to be hard. And they're the, I think they're the one team that could really challenge Buffalo and um, the Chiefs on a consistent basis. Um, I'm not mad at, I'm not mad at that at all. I mean, that team is, 
has shown promise the last uh, two years. They got to the Super Bowl two years ago, lost mm-hmm. in the NS- AFC Championship game over a controversial call. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's really controversial. I mean, you got to – I mean, that was blatant to me, a blatant push in the tackle. <laughs> I mean, how, how do you not call that? But, hey, some people think it's yeah. controversial. You know, but, the rest of the fall the whistle in that moment. But, but you know how it is, man. Everybody believes in the script going on. It's like, come on now. <laughs> Let's stop, man. Like, at the end of the day, if there was really truly a script, Tom Brady would not win seven fucking Super Bowls. Like, that doesn't even make sense. You kind of want to make sure all your quarterbacks are eaten, you know what I'm saying? Because that makes all these popular fan bases want to come to these damn games. Yeah, but, makes, yeah. makes more parody in the league. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but this is this is what it's all about. Two consecutive seasons in a row, they went to the AFC Championship game. You know what I'm saying? Like, as much as we were all, like, looking forward to seeing Buffalo in there all the time, they're the ones who was getting Buffalo the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Or or Buffalo is just not really getting over that. Buffalo's getting – looks like they're getting older all of a sudden. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, they I mean, look like you got Bob Miller on the pup list already. So. Exactly. So, it's like, you know, the, the Bengals just look good, man. Like, they, they're the one team that really can challenge the Chiefs um, toe-to-toe. No matter what kind of talent the Chiefs have, they they can match it. So um, I think Zach Taylor is just becoming very, 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 very good coach. Um, like the same thing, same thing I was saying about like um, Matt Lafleur. Like he didn't really have that opportunity to coach a young quarterback from the jump. Um, although he had, I, I can't remember. I think Aiden Dalton was there for a brief moment and then got benched, and they were just trying to tank anyways for Joe Burrow, but. He was putting he was putting into some tough times over there, and that's the hardest thing as a coach is no knowing and hoping that your career doesn't end just right there because your team is not good enough. But they they gave him all the time in the world. He developed Burrow and developed those other young guys, and they've been so much better year by year. So it's it's going to be hard for me to to think it's you know. It's going to be hard for me to say to bet against the Chiefs. I'm sorry. Like, I hate betting against the Chiefs. I still think Buffalo's still a, a, a big time contender. I think the Ravens are going to be all up in that towards the end um, as far as the playoffs go. And, you know, again, we had this conversation. The AFC, the AFC is just so tough. So I, you could, that's when you can really not be surprised if somebody else, you know, suddenly got there um, or you know, one of the big threes go make it again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. But me, I, I, maybe I'm just being a fanboy because I, lo- I love this guy. He's my favorite quarterback outside of Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, they got a new change of scenery, right? In the biggest yeah. market. He's on yeah. a team now that really was just a quarterback away from actually being legit contenders in the AFC. A lot of games could have went their way if they had a uh, competent quarterback outside of Zach Wilson on that team last year. Mm-hmm. Now you're bringing in a future MVP. I mean, a future Hall of Famer, four-time MVP winner, Super Bowl winner, into that locker room. I I, I like the Jets this year. I, I think they're going to win the AFC East, and I'm going to go with them to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I'm going to be different. Maybe because I'm trying to be different. I, I'm, I don't, <laughs> don't want to pick the, pick, pick the Chiefs like everybody else is going to do. I want to see some parody going on in this league. But I really think that they can do this. I love the I love the signing of Dalvin Cook to help with Brees while Brees Hall tried to work his way back from injury last season. Um, having Dalvin Cook there as, as insurance for that uh, for that situation. Aaron Rodgers is saying all the right things. 
the, the first day, his first press conference was classic. He looked like a kid in the first day of school trying to make the, the best impression. Like, clean, cut. He had, a, he, had a, he had a collar shirt on, shirt tucked in. Like, this is a different guy right here. Uh, so, somebody who was like, especially like in the latter years in Green Bay, who was just like, you know, yeah, ruffle some feathers, play a dance on the on the on the back scene and everything, and people didn't like that. So now he's just like like he's like like changing his character, um, to adapt to this New York media, which is a beast like none other. So I think I'm going with with um, with the Jets the um Super Bowl. I ain't mad at that. I, I I'm really like I'm rooting for him. Like I would I'm I'm rooting for the I'm not gonna root for the Jets. I ain't one yeah. of those fucking. I'm not that type of weirdo. I'm oh, not. The, oh, 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 wait. So you're not. You're not like a, a Patriots fan. One time, Brady, uh, one time Brady went to the. Uh, I'm not a top. I'm not a Tampa Bay fan. I'm not a Tampa Bay. That's that's what it was. People. Oh, oh, people. Oh, 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 the, the, the New England Buccaneers. I'm like, oh, y'all are so cool. <laughs> I, I I I remember hearing people being very um, supportive of him in his endeavors over there at Tampa Bay, especially when New England was suffering um last season so it's like you know what you could be a fan of a player and then be very solid with your own team like like i mentioned earlier like the the the, the beauty of being a fan but i mean some people take it too far don't get me wrong like way too aggressive with their fandom but the whole point of being a fan is that you have you have you believe in what you want and seeing and you're going to support it 100 percent through and through whether it's is you know through fame, through fame, through failure, doesn't matter. You're just gonna be there um, towards the to the end, and then you and you and you let other people inherit it, your kids, other family members, whatever. But it's like you don't need to jump ship when your favorite quote unquote player is in another team. That's some NBA shit people do. People do that as NBA fans. They go from like LeBron. They they were LeBron Heat, LeBron Laker, and LeBron Cavs fans all their lives, and it's crazy. You don't need to do that with an NFL quarterback, nor do you have to do it with your favorite. NFL especially player. when, especially when the NFL doesn't promote players, they promote like teams and brands. Exactly, and if anything, they promote the quarterback. But you don't yeah. need to go with the quarterback. You could, you could, you could root for him. To be successful where he's at, but the, your your team is your team. Your team is your team. You should be excited, no matter what. Even if your team went zero and seventeen, you're gonna find some excitement knowing that you're gonna get a high draft pick or whatever. Like the drama of the NFL, like we said, is all we live for. And it's like, at the end of the day, I'm gonna celebrate how my team does. But what if he has a successful season? I'm I, I sure hope so, for his sake and for for, you know. Just for knowing that, you know, that was the guy that was holding it down for my old team. So, and then when he retires, I'm gonna love him more than anything, anyway. So it don't matter. Yeah, I mean, honestly, too, I think that I think that he has at least one MVP caliber type season within him. I don't think he'll win MVP because he's he's not gonna be asked to do that much as other quarterbacks in the league are gonna put up like great numbers, eye drop, eye popping numbers. But mm-hmm. I think that he's that. Every now and then, in certain games, he's going to be able to remind people of just how good he is and that he wasn't really – that last season was an aberration. I mean, he didn't have a, break, have a broken thumb on his throwing hand. He lost his number one receiver. He had a, new receivers who were young, like rookies, basically, or, or rookies, both of them, Romeo Dobbs and Kitchen Watson. So I think that he had, he's actually um, 
can have a really good season. And the fact that he was in training camp this year with the players um, shows um, great leadership, I think, um, that he's like actually taking this seriously. I mean, but at the same time, I think if he did it in New York, it would have crushed him for that. Um, <laughs> but it makes sense now that he's, in, that he's in a new team that he would do right. that. So right. I think that, that they can make something happen. And again, that defense is going to be elite, top five in the league. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the main reason I think they would make a lot of noise is that their defense is very solid. And it's, yeah. it's more than solid. It might be the I mean, if you really want to talk about it, they might be like at least the second best defense in the AFC. Um I think the best defense in the AFC probably will still be, you know, the Bills and then you you might want to throw Pittsburgh in there. Yeah. Um but they they might be the one of the best defenses in the whole NFL when when it's all said and done, and if you could just have the quarterback like I mentioned who could kind of steal some games for you when your when your defense is having an off night, you, the, the sky's the limit. But it's it just again it, it it does take time for things to work out. So we'll see. I mean, we, I said it before. We'll see. Um, I respect that. Like I think that's a good choice is to go with them. Um, but, again, one of the toughest conferences is going to be interesting to watch. Absolutely, yeah. So, I got I got Chiefs. I got, I got, uh, not Chiefs. I got Jets and Eagles, Super Bowl. Uh, that would be my, my pick there. Uh, before we get out of here, um, so this is officially the first week in the new Undisputed era, the revamped Undisputed. Um, I see a lot of people, some mixed reactions on the Internet and so forth <laughs> and by podcasters as well. Um, what's your take on this new approach that Skip Bills and FS1 took now with Keyshawn, Sherman, Irvin in the fold? Um, uh, we're talking about first take, right? Ah, um, undisputed. undisputed. Okay. Um, cause I know first take has revamped a tad bit because, um, uh, Uncle Shannon's over there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be excited about it because um, I think the banter in, between um, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless or even when Skip Bayless was on first take with Stephen A, that was like a perfect way to have a, a debatable conversation because both can be in their own character and be aggressive and not truly, aside from the at the very end when Shannon really took personal some certain things that Skip said, but after the fact, um, but not true, but I don't, I don't know how I'm going to feel about other personalities talking to Skip Bayless. I mean, maybe the episodes with Lil Wayne might be entertaining because, you know, Lil Wayne is so not much. I think he's a good big, he's a big fan of a lot of teams and whatnot, but I don't think Lil Wayne is like going to challenge your, your um, I don't think Little Wayne's gonna challenge your your sports take all the way through. He might be too hot at that point, but um, <laughs> I think I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's the 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 yin and yang aspect of it all. Like I don't know how I feel about like you said, Michael Irvin, right? Michael Irvin's gonna be in there, and um, and who else? Well, yeah. So so it premiered this week. You had like the first two days, Monday and Tuesday. You had. You had uh, Skip. Now, Skip, have, have you watched it or not? 
I haven't got a chance to watch because I just came back from vacation, so I didn't even oh, get to yeah. to watch but, any of it. Yeah, I've okay, been seeing so I've been seeing clips here and there, and all I knew was what Little Wayne was doing Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah, so basically, Skip now is in the moderator role. Um, he like is a moderator now, and he is in take partake in the debate as well. So to me, it's just like you got all these like wait. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Royal Rumble, right? Where mm. I'm watching it, and it's just like chaos is ensuing everywhere. Every man for themselves. <laughs> Everybody's just yelling over each other, and it's just like and, and poor Skip. It's just like they like it's like they're picking on Skip, and they like flip, and like they throw Skip over the top rope. He's eliminated. He's gone. Back to the locker room. That's what it, that's what I felt like the first day I watched it. The first two days, I'm like, man, this is a lot. Like, I, I don't know if this is the best. Like, this doesn't feel like. I mean, Skip would have had to sign up on him because he has so much power there. FS1, mm-hmm. um, since they got him away from ESPN. Um, but it's just like I don't know if this is what he signed up for. Like being like like being like so like dominated by these three personalities that they have in, in Keyshawn, Sherman, and Michael Irvin. I mean, yeah. the other day was cool when I think they, um, I believe it was one day, they only had Sherman and Keyshawn there. Um, and then yesterday, I believe Emmanuel Alto was on the show with Keyshawn. And then today, it was just, uh, it was just I saw Keyshawn. Justina, I saw wow. Justina Anderson that was on there, but maybe she was like doing, like, okay, just reporting so, something. Oh, no, no. I didn't watch the episode today, but they did say that she's going to be, um, so they're basically taking the first, the first date model, essentially, we're having like a, a crew of rotating debaters. So Rachel Nichols is on the show. She was there yesterday. And I think she was there today too. And Josina Innocent is supposed to be one of the um, debaters in the show. I didn't see, I didn't watch the show today or the, the full show today. Mm-hmm. So if she was there, then yeah, she's part of the show too as well. Which I think is good that it helps. Like it's always, always good to have a female perspective on, on, on sports and everything. And they can bring some insight into things that, 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 that a male can't. So I think that's a good look for them. Having those reputable, those two reputable individuals and Rachel Nichols and Josina Innocent on the show. Yeah. I, I like mean, that. I mean, it I think the format will work for them in the in the for now, especially with it being football season. Um, but I think when you're talking about now you're gonna have to get these but like the the the, the cool thing with Shannon was that he was very multifaceted. Like he was able to talk about any type of sport, but bring his own passional passion through his personality. You know, what I'm saying he didn't fall, he didn't stand put about the fact that he was a big LeBron fan. He didn't stand put about being a fan of certain players in the NFL and stuff like that. He understood how the debates go down. Now you got to hope, and I think Keyshawn would be the. I think I like Keyshawn a lot. He he could do it too, um, but you know, I'm not. I don't know how I feel about Richard Sherman and Michael Ver- Michael Irvin might be a good option, but I don't feel like that's kind of his niche. I think Michael Irvin is really good at really dabbling in like actual anla- analysts talk like he could do like the analytic stuff um sport like the nfl football analytic stuff to a to a good extent um but i mean if that's the angle fs1 want to go i guess and then you know they, I, I feel like skip has full range out there so i'm sure that's it may have been something he suggested uh as a backup plan, knowing that he can't really debate with anybody but besides Shannon and you know Stephen A. I, I bet you this though, I know they were probably waiting and seeing if ESPN was gonna fire uh, Stephen A. Smith. They would have brought his ass right back with Skip Bayless. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, they would have brought them back. Um, I, I, I think I think there was rumors about that possibly happening, but obviously now he's um, Stephen A. is still on first take. Skip. Is that FS1? And I'm looking at the uh, article that came up from Front Office Sports today, and yeah, they've gotten the, their asses kicked and the ratings 
compared to first take for the whole week in this, with this new um, <laughs> revamped approach, which makes which makes sense. I mean, even when Skip and Shannon were there, they were losing legislate to first take. My thing is, like, when, when I think of sports, ever since I was in high school, ESPN has been synonymous with sports. That's the first thing I put on in the morning when I was getting ready to go to school. So yeah. that's, like, engraved in my brain is to put on – when it's in the morning, I want to watch sports. I'll, I'll get, like, thoughts on, and opinions on sports. I'm going to go to ESPN. I would never watch FS1. So I mm-hmm. think that that is what we're seeing right now because even when Shannon was there and Skip was there, it was the same thing. They were not doing out the throwing first take. And now Shannon Sharp is going to make his debut on first take two on Monday. So it's going to probably look ugly. Really, really ugly when we yeah, do uh, match up the ratings. Yeah, and that's the thing. ESPN is, you know, they got so many ways to get that content out there to grab more fans. And there's some loyalists to first take. I, for one, haven't I, – I watched either or very less often than most. I mostly watched – I was watching Undisputed more often than – um First take only because I I, I I liked Shannon Sharp as what what he was in what he was doing because um, mm-hmm. I liked I liked seeing Skip Bayless get his ass kicked so it was <laughs> it was a good, and it was you know I liked it I liked that part of it but it's like first take I felt like it was too much I don't know it was like too much of nothingness sometimes because it was like the same debate um, but I must say I want to I wanted to say this though for sure those. That those those programs obviously fit a. It gives people a sense of, okay, somebody's gonna agree with me some way somehow. Maybe let me watch this and see what they say. And obviously, it's it's like the the it's like the, the you know the ratchet TV for sports, so for some certain sports fan, is that shit right there. That is a great comparison. (laughs) It's like the ratchet TV for sports fans. But the the major thing, though, I must say, is that social media kind of changed your need for watching it sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Because now with how much more open people are willing to speak on social media, the debates are being done regardless of needing those guys. Those dudes are just taking advantage of that first. That's the reason why it's called first take for ESPN. They're the first ones to have the hot take. They're the ones who start this whole. They'll start talking about Dallas Cowboys and the Cowboys in, in the off season in in April. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like they'll talk about you know somebody's legacy isn't being in question when they know that they when they know damn damn right that that's not really going to be in question at the end of the day. So it's like these programs are awesome for certain people who are who need a perspective that that tickles their fancy, but it's like. The shit is so oversaturated. I mean, in my personal opinion, I think they will all both would be both programs would be much better on like a a podcast format format, um, where they could actually be a little bit more real. Like to me, you know, what I'm saying instead of giving us you know fluff and produ- producer gar- jargon, you know, what I'm saying like you know no, something I- something a little bit more off cue. Yeah, I'm not really the biggest fan of this new sport of the of the current sports debate culture with shows like First Taken and Disputed. I just think that it kind of like not to say like anybody in the school participants in the show is dumb, but I think that they like kind of like they appeal to an audience that is like that is simplistic in a sense. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, we don't like to think outside the box. Essentially, 
Um, we would like to hear the same debates over and over again and like have the same information information regurgitated. I hate that shit. I don't I don't like it. So I mean I, I might watch it sometimes when I'm like um, have it on in the background while I'm doing some work or whatever, but the, I really like it. I'd rather listen to a podcast like on um, the Ringer a ringer podcast, a basketball podcast, mm-hmm, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I think there's more in-depth analysis going on and like more um outside of the box thinking and more like there's more different views that they're angles that they're looking at certain situations at than the old run of the mill views that they'll take on one of these debate shows. So I'm not really the biggest fan of them per se. I mean I get it and if they also while they are doing while they are a sports show they also are in the entertainment entertainment industry so you want to be exactly. entertaining so you can get exactly. views and get money and you know grow the revenue i get it i'm not knocking anybody who likes it or who's a part of it but for me it's just not for me too much yeah and I, 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 can do it, I can do it in doses exactly that's a great way to say it like you can do it in doses i get the clips on twitter or now what you call formerly known as twitter now x you can get those clips, right? Instagram gives you, so I don't need to tune in per se, but and it, it sometimes it gives solid some solid perspective depending on who they put in there. You know what I'm saying? But it's like when it's redundant BS, it get it just gets tiring. Like when, like when people like I, I just hated sometimes seeing the same debates about LeBron and Jordan or fucking, oh. um, you know this or that about whoever in NFL or you know talk about something that makes sense you know what I'm saying like talk about something like I I, I, I watch like the I watch like PFT like a lot of NBC sports stuff and those guys they they, they stick to to what it is they want to talk about and they they'll they'll be themselves on how they feel they'll be opinionated as you should be and if you're doing that type of talk of sports uh, sports analyzing, but like they 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 also stick to their guns. Like it is what it is, and they they celebrate other things that they see. But when you're sitting there always harping on the same shit, and it's and half the time you're negative, it's like you're you're build you're you're kind of brainwashing everybody else to thinking that's the same the same shit. I agree, um, and I can easily tell when people are getting their sports opinions on sports or from first take. It's just, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just yeah. so obvious. Like, oh my god, I think they're like, oh, they be like, oh, I heard Skip saying this. Is it true? I'm like, bro, what? You got your shit from Skip? <laughs> yeah, I said, come on, man. Like, oh, like, what? make more effort to to learn more things. Go, go read an article on Sports Illustrated or Bleacher Report. Um, <laughs> go to one of these podcasts on the Ringer. Um, there's, there's so many so, so many other avenues you can take to consume your sports information rather than watching these <laughs> debate shows. Uh, so it's it's just crazy to me. But it's it's funny. But it's but it's really funny watching Skip in this in this um in this moderator role because I feel like they did that because trying to I would say trying to keep them um as less controversial as possible. Because I mean we we mm. see what the whole club with him and Shannon after the Demar Hamlin incident. So mm-hmm. I think that I think that that FS1 knows that he's like he's a polarizing figure to say the least. Um, some people love him, some people hate him, but at the same time, that's that's what it is in that industry. People really can't love you, or people have to either love you or hate you. Can't be in the middle. You gotta pick a exactly. side. And either way, exactly. you're still gonna get views. But I think that they're trying to be real cautious with him and have him in this role. And it's funny too; they even now do um like to try to get more engagement. So have they'll read fans' tweets about the show when they use the hashtag. I think the hashtag is undisputed, and they'll read some of them on the year. 
So then that's another way that they're trying to get viewers to, you know, hey, oh, oh if, I, if I watch the show, they might might put me, I might be on TV, might might shoot my make it to the show. Mm. So, so yeah, they, been, they, I, they changed so, so, they changed their whole model all the way exactly. through. Exactly. So, yeah. They, they're trying to get they're trying to be you know pro- progressive here and trying to really be compete with uh, first take, but uh, I don't think it's never gonna happen. ESPN is just the dominant force in sports. Yeah, they are. I'm just I'm just sad that all those but those cuts happened because. I think a lot of the dudes they had was was perfect for what they were doing, especially with like the NFL and the NBA. But I mean, it is what it is. This is what you what happens when you let Big Disney take over. Yeah, exactly. Looking to save save a dollar any way possible. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we can wrap it up, man. Um, uh, you want to plug your, your podcast? It's been a while. Oh yeah. Uh, the, once again, for everybody who have haven't listened to our past episodes that we've had before. First and foremost, appreciate you for having me on, bro. Um, yes, but yeah, uh, podcast is Sports Talk with the Spain. You can find me on all platforms. I'm also on YouTube. So make sure you go on YouTube, subscribe, click that, click a, click the like, share it with someone, play it if you like. Um, you know, I'm um, I'm primarily on Spotify for the podcast audio, but you can find me on on every other platform and uh, Twitter handle. Um, or X handle is underscore D E S P A I N underscore. You can find me on there. You'll probably see me talk a lot of football in the next few months. And uh, my opinions may change from what I said in this episode, but I appreciate everybody for tuning in uh, for sure. Uh, so find me on uh, on your favorite podcast app. All right, man. Again, I appreciate you for coming on, man. Um, any plans for tonight? What a weekend. Uh, none at all, man. Just trying to recover so I, from this this trip, so I can get back to back to the grind. Uh, I hear that. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, was about the, I got a couple of gigs tomorrow. One the one is one gig just for um, you know just for a, a, a free gig because back to school and book book drive. So I'm doing that. Then I got a right, right, baby right. shower to do like a couple oh, hours man. later. So yeah, just that this weekend and then chilling. Um, Trying try to save money, man. That's not expensive. Listen, outside is expensive, so I'm I'm I'd rather chill chill out for this this one right here. But everybody enjoy y'all y'all long weekend nonetheless. All right, man. Yo, again, appreciate you, man. Uh, have a good rest of your day um, you and too, weekend, my brother. brother. We'll talk, All right, bro. That is it for this episode. I appreciate you guys for checking this episode out. Salute to the homie Despain for um, coming on this part of Talk to the NFL. Truly appreciate it. And if you guys want to, hopefully you already subscribed. But if you haven't already, be sure to hit the subscribe button as this podcast is available just about everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast at. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and several other platforms as well. Um, you can also keep up with me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at MrVincent13. And um, you can also follow my Facebook fan page as well, Emmanuel Vincent. Um, I will be more frequent with this podcast as the NFL season um, is underway. Uh, so be on the lookout for the next episodes, I would say early next week. Um, until then, you guys have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the start of this NFL season. You'll hear from me soon. Until then. Take care.